At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up. Like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's next. Hello, folks. Welcome to Cudlow. I'm Larry Cudlow. Breaking news right off the top. The Robert Hur special counsel report on Joe Biden's handling of classified documents. Let's go straight to Fox News. White House correspondent Peter Ducey with all the latest. Uh, Peter, thank you. What you got? Uh, Larry, as President Biden gets ready a few minutes from now to campaign in northern Virginia, the voting public is getting the first look at the way that he mishandled classified information. We've got a bunch of photos. You can see there are some damaged cardboard boxes in his Delaware garage. One of them's got uh, one of them is right between a folded dog crate and a dog's bed. But there are going to be no charges, and part of the reason is because the special counsel writes, at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview of him, as a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. And that has the White House's special counsel really steamed. They are now saying we disagree with a number of inaccurate and inappropriate comments in the special counsel's report. The president's personal lawyer is also now out saying the special counsel could not refrain from investigative excess, perhaps unsurprising, given the intense pressures of the current political environment. But they're saying this was willful. uh, And President Biden wants some credit for this interview where the government is basically saying he was determined to be an unreliable witness. The president himself just told us, I was so determined to give the special counsel what they needed that I went forward with five hours of in-person interviews over two days on October 8th and 9th of last year, even though Israel had just been attacked on the 7th and I was in the middle of handling an international crisis. We are being told late this afternoon that President Biden will soon Uh, put forward new measures to safeguard America's national secrets. But remember, when I asked him about this in some of his only public comments on this topic, still, because he hasn't talked on camera about it today, he insisted that he was taking care of the documents. Listen, Listen to this. Classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. But anyway. Yes, as well as my Corvette. Well, the special counsel was not satisfied with that answer. They went and looked in the garage. And even though they are bringing no charges, this is a very embarrassing report for a president in his 80s, running for re-election, particularly since there have been multiple headlines this week about challenges he has had with his memory while campaigning. Larry. Indeed. Thank you, Peter Ducey. We appreciate that update very, very much. 
All right, folks, uh, my comments on this briefly, to me, sure looks like a weaponized, two-tiered justice system where Donald Trump was charged with 40 criminal counts and Joe Biden charged with being a, quote, sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory, end quote. And, oh, by the way, no criminal counts against Biden. In the Robert Herr report, here is one of the conclusions. Let me quote. Still in a case where the government must prove that Mr. Biden knew he had possession of the classified Afghanistan documents after the vice presidency and chose to keep those documents, knowing he was violating the law, we expect that at trial his attorneys would emphasize these limitations in his recall. End quote. One, then the report goes on to say, Mr. Biden's apparent lapses and failures in February and April 2017 will likely appear consistent with the diminished faculties and faulty memory he showed in Zwanitzer's interview recordings and in our interview of him. So, I ask, why was former President Trump charged while former Senator and former Vice President Biden not charged. Here's a key point. Trump, as president, had the authority to take documents with him and then hold them in safekeeping in his possession. Biden, as senator and vice president, had no such authority. He broke the law. Now, as far as sloppy handling of classified docs, well, my first point is Biden shouldn't have had the docs in the first place. My second point is that Mr. Trump may have been guilty of sloppy handling, but no one can know for sure because it's all hearsay. But if he waved some document in front of a visitor, he didn't let the visitor read the document, nor was he ever selling documents to foreigners. And all these are reasons why this whole Jack Smith special counsel indictments of Trump is a political hoax, a politically motivated attack to prevent Trump from winning the election while serving in jail for about 700 years. And you can bet that all this lawfare sabotage against Trump was ginned up right smack in the Oval Office and passed down the Merrick Garland Justice Department just like the bogus New York and Georgia cases. Look, we can also bet that while Mr. Herr and his superiors in the Justice Department and the White House may not have intended any problems with this report, and of course they tried to minimize the significance of any problems, the reality is this report blows the lid off of the Trump charges and the Biden illegalities. Now... About one year ago, I interviewed former Vice President Mike Pence shortly after the Trump classified docs attack began. And here's what the former vice president said. Please take a listen. As a former vice president, Joe Biden had uh, had no authority to declassify uh, documents uh, or uh, or to retain them in his uh, in his possession. So there you have it. No authority to declassify and no authority to keep those documents in his possession as a former vice president. I tell you what, it would be nice to hear some other former vice presidents 
presumably with their memories intact, to back up what Mr. Pence said. But the fact that Mr. Biden doesn't have all his marbles, as the her report clearly shows, is no excuse to let him off the hook. And the fact from Joe Biden on down is trying to sabotage this presidential election through a phony, undemocratic, unconstitutional, lawfare campaign is an absolute disgrace. And that is my view. All right. We're going to talk about this breaking news. We even have some budget breaking news that seems rather mundane, although it damages our economy. But let us bring in Kevin McCarthy, great friend, former House Speaker, and uh, Kevin Hassett, former chair of the Council of Economic Advisors under Mr. Trump and distinguished fellow at the Hoover Institute and the author of The Drift, Stop in America, Slide to Socialism. Gentlemen, thank you for this. Uh, obviously, we have to attend to the breaking news. And um, I want to go to uh, Speaker McCarthy and get your, um, get your first takes on this, Kevin. What do you think? Well, I think you said it right in your commentary that there is a two-tier justice system. What has come out in this report, these are the actions that have to be taken. Jack Smith should drop any uh, movement against President Trump. Clear. It's fundamentally different. You know it's politically motivated. How can they move forward? Second, this is different as President Biden when he was vice president. But there's a point I want to emphasize even greater that you brought it up. I was part of the Gang of Eight, so I would get classified documents. Yeah. At no time could a member of Congress or a U.S. senator ever remove one of those classified documents from the skiff. Mm -hmm. If you removed it from the skiff, right then you knew you were breaking the law. Mm -hmm. He had that document all this time. And the third thing that I think should be most concerning to every person in America, I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, whatever, this specifies that President Biden is not up for the job. Mm -hmm. I have personally witnessed this in the Oval Office experiences with him. He is not at the capability of doing this job. He talks about he went to this hearing when Israel was attacked. He put a lid on talking to the world as the free as the leader of the free world when we were having war break out. You cannot do it at that time. His greatest challenge for re-election is something he cannot fix, his age. And right now, they just wrote a report telling you that they can't charge him mm. because they couldn't hold up that he could even prove it. And he's president of the United States today. He shouldn't even think about running again. And, Kevin, I just want to emphasize that uh, with respect to the report, because the report says... Now, particularly with respect to classified documents uh, around Afghanistan. The report says clearly that Biden knew that his retaining possession of those documents was illegal. It says that right in here. Now, how that yeah. can go uncharged. Look, I know the report says Biden didn't have his mar doesn't have all his marbles. I mean, I think almost everybody knows that. You just said that again. OK, I get that. Um, the nicest guy I know, Kevin Hassett, probably would agree with that, too. I'm going to bring him in in one minute. Don't, th <laughs> don't think you're going to get off scot-free today, Kevin, because you're not. But, but, but Speaker but McCarthy, this, how, we, how can we, they we bust Trump? How can they bust Trump, who had the authority for possession, okay, and not go after Biden? Or if you're going to leave Biden alone because he doesn't have his marbles and he's slightly senile, then how the hell do you go after Trump? Why don't you drop the charges against Trump, too? Let's go even Stephen. You know what I mean? But, easy peasy. Even Stephen, take both off the table because yeah, it was a scam. Larry, to remember begin with. this. Yeah. 
Sorry. But Larry, remember this. How did they go and take the documents? When they went into Mar-a-Lago, instead of calling President Trump, they went into FBI rolling. They wanted the whole world to look at it. They went through uh, Melania's clothes. They tried to break into safes. They did everything they could. Mm -hmm. And now we're finding out, even when you go down to the, the court case in Atlanta, why were they meeting in the White House before they charged the president? It just shows the political of um, what they're going after President Trump on. They're weaponizing the DOJ. It shows this. But also, we know this president just in the last couple of days has told us that he has talked to people that were foreign leaders that had died decades before saying he yeah. just met with them. Yeah, that was What does that bad. do to the weakness of the country? Yeah. And so it's a much more. So we now know that we have a weaponized system proven. We now know they're using it, trying to get President Trump not to be able to run for office again. They now acknowledge that our current president does not have the mental capabilities to even be tried, even though they knowing that what he did was illegal. That's fundamentally different than what they're trying to go after President Trump on. And it is just appalling that this is all happening in America. And this one report proves every single point we've been trying to make for the last four years. Kevin Hassett, uh, you saw all the classified documents. You had uh, access to the morning uh, CIA DNI uh, briefings, as I did, the stuff that went right to the president and the vice president. But we weren't allowed to take anything out. That stuff had to go back into the skips under a lockbox. My ladies up on the second floor would nag me to death just to make sure that we weren't doing anything illegal. There was nothing. Now, you could say I didn't have all my marbles then. All right, maybe so. But my ladies had their marbles, and they wouldn't, they, wouldn't let, they wouldn't let me do a darn thing. So I just don't see how a sitting vice president, and by the way, is a senator. He took stuff out as a senator. There's no law that says senators can take possession of classified documents. That goes right into the archives. And if he wants to read them in the archives for his book or whatever, he does it in a skiff. Anyway, Kevin, you went through something similar. What do you think? Right. Well, I'll say three quick things. The first thing is that uh, you remember my friend Joe Sullivan, who worked with me. He had the same clearance you and I did, but he was a young guy with a really sharp mind. And he always was, was with me when I was looking at classified yeah. documents to make sure I didn't make some kind of mistake, pick up the wrong thing or anything, because it's so serious. It's such a serious felony if you do something wrong with that. Uh, the second thing I want to say is that this idea that President Biden is not mentally capable, I just want to say that, you know, I had lunch with him when he was vice president and he was always very charming and very with it and the fact is that he's got these documents that he had to have taken at a time where whatever he's doing right now his mind was sharp he was mm -hmm. a guy that you could talk to and he was really interesting and fun to, to have lunch with it mm -hmm. and the point is that it just shows the logical flaw of these people looking for an excuse because shouldn't this the state of mind back then be what's relevant? Right. Like, did he know what he was doing when he put it under his shirt? And then the final thing is, is this a recipe then for, you know, the, the Russians to send absent-minded 80-year-olds in to steal our classified documents? They don't have to worry about, about you know, any criminal charges? Is that what the Justice Department is saying? So I don't think it makes any logical sense what they've done today. You know, me thinks, me thinks Kevin, far too much is being laid off on his memory or lack thereof and not enough on the actual legalities of the process of reading and using classified documents. I mean, I really think they're milking this memory thing for as much as they can. And by the way, inside the report, there are sections in the report, I've read all of it, but I heard a lot of the news on it, that basically say Trump's going to win. 
and that Biden's going to go in front of a jury and, you know, be this kindly old man who can't remember a thing and they're all going to let him off. So there was no point in charging him with any indictments. I mean, to me, I mean, this is not a real justice system. And, you know, Kevin, I've made this point. Uh, America is broken. And part of America's being broken, unfortunately, is we have a broken justice system, okay? And you mentioned this earlier, and we've talked about this, you and I, down through the years and during your speakership and so forth. This place is broken. The FBI is broken. The CIA is broken. The Department of Justice is broken. The border is broken. The economy is broken. I was going to go through some of these new CBO numbers. Maybe if the producers give me an extra minute or two, I will. But all that's broken, too. And people want it fixed. Because, Kevin, this is still the greatest country in the world. People want this America broken fixed, and they want it fixed right away. You're 100% right. You know, we created, taking the majority, the weaponization committee. We went back to what has happened in the 70s to look at where this power has been. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And we've watched what they have done with the FBI, the DOJ, going after Americans, going after their political rivals to try to rein that in. You brought up the CBO number today. You look in the first nine months of this year, this new majority, we passed H.R. 1 that would make us energy independent. The border security bill that would secure our border sitting over in the Senate. Parents Bill of Rights. But when we did the debt ceiling, we were actually saving more than $2.6 trillion. That's the biggest savings ever. But we only got to look at a little bit of the budget because of the president. We have a debt bomb coming, which you two men know better than anybody else. And if we want the America we know we can be, that, uh, that shiny city on the hill, we've got to take a serious look at that to make sure the next generation has the same opportunities we did. Yeah, by the way... Uh I was so happy to text you this morning because they've now scored you with $2.6 trillion. <laughs> No, a lower deficit from, from the so-called debt bill, uh, debt bill that you passed. Yep. And unfortunately, a few crazies didn't want to reward you for it. But water under the bridge. Um, Kevin, Look, they, punished, they punished me for saving $2.6 trillion. They trillion. voted against it. And, voted against. and th- I thought that, that was, was pretty... in nine months. Thank if they would have given me the full two years. <laughs> <laughs> we always thought it was about one and a half to two trillion. Turns out CBO gave you $2.6 trillion. Kevin Hassett, though, you look at the CBO, these CBO numbers. I mean, I've said, you and I have talked about this. The economy was stronger in the last six months than anybody thought. Okay, mea culpa. But the fact is it was driven by government spending. So look at this. The out- spending itself... The 50-year average is 21% of GDP, which is a good way of looking at spending, 21% of GDP. By 2034, the 10-year window, 24.1% of GDP. That's the Biden baseline. And total deficits, the 50-year average is $3.7 trillion deficit, which is bad enough. Okay, I get that. But by 10 years, $6.1 trillion deficit. And the debt held in public hands has gone from 48% of GDP to 116% of GDP. And a lot of this, most of this, has come in recent years. You had the uh, $1.9 trillion uh, Save America bill we didn't need in March of uh, 21. In August, you had a trillion dollars infrastructure. In August of 22, you had the phony named uh, IRA. Uh, which, by the way, has been re-estimated several times now. It's going to be over a trillion dollars. In between that, you had a, a bailout of semiconductors for $300 billion. Kevin, um, I don't care whether you're... If you're an honest Keynesian or an honest supply sider or someplace in between, you know with an unemployment rate of whatever, 3.7%, 
and inflation still above target, you should not be running this kind of spending deficits and borrowing. If you're an honest Keynesian or an honest supply sider, I would think you would agree with that. Right, sure. And the bottom line is that there's a very reliable relationship between extreme deficits and economic growth. And if you take the, uh, you know, Carmen uh, or the Reinhardt and Rogoff uh, work and then map it to what we're doing right now, you should expect economic growth, if we don't fix this, to be maybe about a percent and a half per year lower mm. because of this runaway spending. And, you know, uh, the speaker and I were just at a conference together in Florida just a couple days ago, and somebody asked me, is there something that you guys think on the economy you got really wrong on COVID? Because remember, we passed all those bills with unanimous consent that, you know, Larry, you and the speaker were really uh, instrumental in developing. And I think the one mistake we made is that we didn't envision that people would keep on spending all that money that was right. spent during the emergency. And right. so I think we should have put in a supermajority requirement that if, if you don't go back to 21 percent or something, oh. then you need more than two thirds of the House of the Senate. And if we had done that, but we, I didn't think when you and I were talking about, remember, did we think that this spending that we uh, spent because we had a 32 percent drop in GDP would stay? Mm. But spending hasn't gone down, even though COVID's gone. You know, we should have waived the payroll tax instead of a lot of that spending. I still think that you wanted it. Lindsay wanted it. I wanted it. Laffer wanted it. I think POTUS wanted it. We just never got it. Um, I got to sign off with this is a great set. Kevin McCarthy, I know you don't like it. I'm just going to tell you, uh, you would make a great chairman of the Republican National Committee. Uh, you could say, I know you don't <laughs> want it. I understand that. I love you. Yeah, uh, you, you are such a great resource for the country as well as the GOP that I somehow hope uh, somewhere, sometime, you're going to be back in, in play. Thanks for coming on this show today. Kevin Hassett, you're a great sport. Thank you for this. We appreciate it very much. All right, folks, now we have the rest of the show. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about in addition. The Senate, for example, is pondering uh, now a foreign aid bill, Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, that won't have any border security uh, in it. All right. The border thing seems to be dead. But now I see the Bidens are going to use, guess what, executive orders, which we said all along is all they needed. They need legislation, but they want an open border, not a closed border. Anyway, we're going to have Missouri Senator Eric Schmidt's going to weigh in on all this and much more up next. I'll tell you what, this justice system is broken. The Bidens have broken it as badly as anybody's seen. And I can think of one guy who can fix it. And his name starts with a T. I'm Cudlow. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, as we know, the Senate uh, border bill, the Biden border bill is dead, but now they're talking standalone foreign aid bill. So let's see. Our own Grady Trimble is going to give us some of the latest non-eventful details. Grady, what you got? <laughs> hey, Larry. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer stripped out the border components of the bill that failed yesterday. Now, putting forward a new bill with just the money, $95 billion in total for Ukraine, Israel, and the Indo-Pacific. The Senate voted today 67-32 to open that up for debate. 
One of the main concerns for Republicans is that this Senate bill includes $60 billion more dollars for Ukraine on top of the $113 billion in aid it's already gotten, and they're worried about where that money's going. An inspector general report found more than a billion dollars worth of weapons the U.S. sent to Ukraine hasn't been properly tracked and remains delinquent. In a letter to Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, Senator J.D. Vance, House Oversight Chair James Comer, and a whole bunch of other Republicans have this to say. It's vital that the Department of Defense works to ensure weapons and other forms of security assistance are used for their intended purposes, that they do not fall into the hands of our enemies, and that the risk of waste, fraud, and abuse is mitigated. As far as that Senate foreign aid bill goes, some Republicans have signaled they might want to make some changes to it, maybe add back in some provisions uh, related to the border. Chuck Schumer said Democrats are open to a fair and reasonable amendment process. But, Larry, it's not clear whether the two sides can come together to pass it. They might have to stay throughout the weekend and potentially beyond to get something done, which is what Chuck Schumer says he's going to have them do. All right, Grady. Thank you very much, Grady Trimble. We appreciate it. For a little bit more on this, let's bring in our friend, Missouri Senator Eric Schmidt. Senator Schmidt, welcome, sir. Um, all right, so the border thing is dead. Now we go on to Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, and so forth. What's wrong with accountability, financial accountability? And the other point, Senator, it just bugs me. Shouldn't there be a diplomatic off-ramp of some kind here, which they continue to dodge because it looks terribly like a stalemate? I don't want to leave the Ukrainians high and dry, but gee whiz, there's got to be something else to this. What do you think? Yeah, and I think a lot of us have been asking that very question for a very, very long time, Larry, which is what is the likelihood of success? What's the plan? What does victory look like? What about some more oversight? What about our European allies? And all those are just sort of dismissed. Uh, because a lot of people just want to get the money out and they're willing to do just about anything to do it. And I think, you know, for Americans, they see what happened this week in that this border bill, which was fatally flawed, it was a total disaster. Uh, it rightfully went away. But then the ver literally the next hour, Chuck Schumer then brings up Ukraine. So Americans see then an unwillingness from Democrats essentially to secure our border, but a willingness then to immediately send $60 billion for the Ukrainian border. I think people, it's just a total disconnect uh, with what real Americans feel and what they see and how concerned they are about this. So look, uh, we're on it now. Uh, they got 60 votes uh, to move forward on this bill. Hopefully we'll have a robust amendment process and can affect it. But I don't know if that's going to happen. And um, again, I just think this obsession um, with Ukraine or bus without any questions asked is a total disconnect from where most Americans are at. Senator, we're always short because uh, we had this breaking news, but I wanted to give you a whack at the breaking news with respect to the uh, classified documents report on Joe Biden, which um, to me looks like a big uh, weaponized hoax sabotaging the election. What do you think about this? You're a former Missouri AG. You're now a distinguished senator. What do you think about this? Well, I mean, Larry, look what happened today. We had oral argument at the Supreme Court on this ridiculous Colorado mm. effort to take President Trump off the ballot, right? I, hopefully that's a 9-0 decision. Uh, the Supreme Court should speak in one voice. But the Democrats are obsessed in taking Trump off the ballot, sending him to jail for the rest of his life, which is totally ridiculous. And then you've got this case where people see a two-tiered system of justice. Right. And by the way, not to bury the lead, I'm sure you've talked about it and will talk about it. I think one of the more shocking things to come out of this or surprising things is that the reason why I mean, it's not like they said he didn't do anything wrong. It's that he's mentally unfit 
um, to stand trial, and yet he's running for another four years as president. Yep. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's a great point. Kevin McCarthy made that same point. Uh, it's a terrific point, and it's got to be a point. It's got to be a point made over and over again. The other thing is, you know, Trump didn't violate the law. Presidents are allowed to take uh, documents out in their possession. Presumably, they safe keep it. Uh, Biden's not allowed to do that. Vice president, senator's not allowed to do that. I got about 30 seconds left. I mean, what's up with that? He broke the law, Biden, but he's getting off because uh, he doesn't have all his marbles. Yeah, I'm on the Armed Services Committee, and so when we go into the skiff, I can't take my phone in there. I certainly can't take anything out of there. And Joe Biden, when he's senator and vice president, is taking documents. They're in an, either open in a box in a garage that his son's living in that same house who's compromised potentially by uh, Ukrainians and, and the Chinese. I mean, this whole thing is like out of a terrible movie, but they're going to let him go because it's Joe Biden and it's his Department of Justice. And Americans see that for what it is. It's banana republic style uh, lawfare. It is. The system's broken. People want it fixed. Senator Eric Smith, thank you, sir. As always, we appreciate it very, very much. Folks, we'll be right back. We've got a hot uh, panel. Liz Peek, Tammy Bruce, Alec Lace. We'll talk some more about this uh, documents case. Why is, uh, why is Donald Trump picking up a lot of Amer uh, black American support? And why is he winning with Hispanic Americans? All very interesting. Maybe Trump's the guy to fix the system, which is badly, badly broke. I'm Cudlow. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right. We're going to warm them up here. Heavy political panel, Liz Peek, syndicated columnist and Fox News contributor. We welcome Alec Lace, host of the First Class Fatherhood podcast. And we re-welcome Tammy Bruce, the great Tammy Bruce, Fox News contributor. Uh, Alex, you're, you're, the you're the newest of the new, and we're glad to have you uh, on this report. What was the phrase? He doesn't have his marbles. He's lost his marbles. He's lost his marbles that our dads used to say to us in the 1950s or early 60s of a certain age. That's what this report says. But they're letting him get off because he doesn't have his marbles. Yeah, right now what should be happening as we speak is the House should be writing up articles of impeachment. And what they should do is staple the special counsel's report right to those articles because this is ridiculous. It proves two, two points that Republicans have been making for a long time now. One, there's two-tier justice system. Number two, Biden's lost his marbles and he should not be president of the United States. Number two, it's really crucial, Tammy. I mean, it, this is a campaign ad for Trump, it would seem to me. Oh. Here it is in the cold light of day. Yeah. And you can't dismiss it as just partisan rhetoric. Right. Or it, this comes from a separate entity saying in, a, I think, a rather unique way repeatedly that this is a man who it, does not have all of his faculties that would appear to a jury to be sympathetic because he's elderly and just doesn't remember things. Uh, and yet this is still the president of the United States who expects to be reelected. And I think that that's what's important, is that it confirms to the American people that what we see is a problem, that there is a cognitive issue, that he didn't remember when he was vice president mm -hmm. or even significantly when his son died. Mm -hmm. So no matter you might have problems with memory, as perhaps many of us do, 
But you remember dynamic events and situations like the death of a son or who, who would forget the years when you were vice president? And I'll end with this, that the value of Biden being president was in his experience. If you can't remember that experience, mm. then there is no value and it's dangerous. OK, that's a point like you're you like you popped out of the, you know, the, the ether from leprechauns. And there you are. That experience should lead to something, understanding world leaders. Right. But you just don't remember what good is experience if you can't. Remember? That's correct. That's a very good. Liz, uh, what good is experience if you can't remember that senators and vice presidents do not have the authority to yeah. take classified documents with them? That they have to, if they want to read it for their book and so forth, or even take notes, it goes to the National Archives and they read it in a skiff. They don't read it in their garage. They don't read it in their Corvette. I mean, this guy must have been stuffing his socks as he was. Senator, that's a new one. Well, Senator. So I've read the executive summary, and I didn't see anything in there about the Penn Center documents or his time in the Senate, because, yes, that's completely illegal to take anything out of the Congress and out of the grounds of the Congress, mm -hmm. if you will, if you're a senator. I don't know what happened to that. I don't know what happened to all that investigation. I think we have yet to hear that. But, but I have to say, this is the most hilarious outcome, where basically he's off, he's cleared of any charges, but the reason he is is so deeply offensive to the president that he almost pr might prefer to have been charged by Robert Kerr <laughs> so, that, so that he could, you know, is not, he's not portrayed as he is in this document as a man who couldn't possibly defend himself and who a jury would find, which means, in other words, that there are things that a jury might be charged, you know, take under consideration, that he really wouldn't be able, he'd be sympathetic because he's a doddering old man. Wow, is that explosive. The report kind of says Trump's going to win and Biden would have to go before <laughs> a jury. Too. But we can't send him in front of a jury because he's never going to remember anything. All right, uh, stick around, hang on. We're going to bring Edward Lawrence in because it looks like black and Hispanic voters are now fleeing Biden and picking President Trump, our own Edward Lawrence, at the White House with all the details of some very interesting new numbers. Edward, which, what have you uncovered? Yeah, Larry, and we know that the poll numbers are going the wrong direction for President Joe Biden, specifically when you talk about economic polls going against Bidenomics. But now we're seeing some new polls on ethnic groups that are slowly coming out, and he's not getting the support that he had gotten. A recent Gallup poll shows support from black and Hispanic voters falling over the past three years, down 20 points about uh, in the black community, down about 12 points in the Hispanic community. Now, the president reaching out to the black community during an event kicking off Black History Month. Listen. I am president and Kamala's vice president because of you. You've had my back and I, we've had your back and we always will. Kamala just talked about the power of black history that is in American history. Black excellence, culture, resilience, heroes known and unknown who inspire the nation. But the problems here might boil down to finances. Researchers say the black community feels the wealth pinch. Now, a new Brookings report shows that the wealth divide among ethnic groups widening over the past three years, even though overall wealth in the black community and Hispanic community is rising, it's not back to the 2019 levels. We're seeing a widening of the racial wealth gap largely because we, we're also seeing a booming in home prices and a booming, a booming stock market. Um, white Americans are much more likely to invest in the stock market and much more likely to live in high-valued homes. So they're really benefiting um, from the upswing in the economy. 
And when people and groups feel poorer, they look for someone to blame. And under the current policies, they're looking at the guy sitting behind me at the White House. Back to you. Got it. Edward Lawrence, thanks very much. Yeah. Let's bring our panel back in. Um, Alcalis, I just... Why is this? It seems like working class folks in general may be suffering from an affordability crisis. They don't own homes. They don't own stocks and so forth. Uh, they live uh, paycheck to paycheck. Is that what's going on here? It doesn't matter white, black, Hispanic, women, young, old. Is that what's going on here? Yeah, we're all feeling the effects of Biden's economy right now. I think we'd all like to forget, like Biden forgets about everything. I think we'd like to forget about his presidency. But when it comes to the black Americans, this is Joe Biden who told black America that if you don't know if you're for me or for Trump, then you're not black. And then he didn't deliver for those people. So I'm just surprised that these numbers aren't higher. And then for the Hispanic community, it makes sense because you have all these illegal uh, Spanish people coming into the country, not waiting their turn, jumping ahead of the line when you have Spanish people here trying to bring their families here legally. So it makes sense that the numbers are going in the wrong direction for Biden. So that has back open borders, which Biden and the progressives and the socialists wanted so much, is backfiring. Is that is that what's going on here? Well, it is. Everything's backfiring because they don't think about the next day. They don't think about the impact of winning the new cycle or winning that day. I would say when it comes to the feelings of this, we have it's so close to the Trump administration. It, it's not a generation that is paying the rent or paying a mortgage or raising the kids. It's the same parents. And they recognize that, as the reporter noted, that they are looking for someone to blame. It's because there is someone to blame. This is about policy and leadership. This is not organic. It's not just the way that it naturally goes. So they do know where to point. And they know that it is Biden's policy issues that have made them poorer, that has expanded the wage gap. That is in part because of the, the border and people coming in working for lower wages. You're going to have that decline. Uh, the, the Brookings comments in that, that this is about who owns a home and who's in the stock market. That's really something. You had the opposite with Donald Trump. More people had more money and were investing in spending. But Income and wealth uh, gaps were supposed to evaporate under <laughs> yeah. the progressive miracle. What happened? Well, they actually were narrowing. But I, I think it's not only economics. And let's talk about crime. Who's hurt by high crime? Mm. It's not Park Avenue, all right? Mm. It's, it's the black community and the Hispanic community. To Tammy's point, the border is a disaster for Hispanics. I wish someone, when the Hispanic uh, Democratic Caucus comes about and complains about the uh, cutting down on asylum and so forth. Why doesn't anyone ask those people, how, are you in those communities? Because I hear from Hispanics, people who live around New York City and Hispanic communities. Guess who's, who's basically taking over their communities with drugs and all kinds of crime and everything else. They're not happy about it. Forget the low wage thing. I don't even think that's shown up yet. I think it's all about uh, life and safe streets and things like that that Biden has completely utterly ignored. And these people's, very simply, Larry, these people's lives are worse off than they were. I think Biden just forgot because he doesn't have his marbles. Mm, yeah. he, made these, he, made, he made these promises. He forgot All that experience. Liz Peake, <laughs> Tammy Bruce, and Alec Lace. I should have a straight face, but it's not that easy. Coming up here on Cudlow, amid all this, amid all this discussion, the Supreme Court really should rule 9 nothing to keep Donald Trump on the ballot. All right, I have a feeling Jonathan Turley is going to agree with this non-lawyer on that point. Mr. Turley be up right next time. Cudlow will be right back. Thank you.
right, we come right back with the great Jonathan Turley, George Washington University law professor, constitutional scholar. Jonathan, I, we don't have a lot of time, but first of all, on the on the um, uh, disqualification of ballots, I know you you want a nine nothing. Uh, did you pick up anything that the mine has suggested where they're going on this? I know that's a hard thing, but did you hear anything this morning? Well, there's a real opportunity here for a unanimous vote if these questions reflect the thinking of these justices. The only person that was a bit of a holdout uh, was Justice Sotomayor. So we may be looking at a unanimous or near unanimous decision uh, if this trajectory holds. The justices were skeptical across the ideological spectrum. It really put a lie to much of the coverage that said, that this is a well-recognized theory and mm. the only thing to stop it is this cabal of conservatives. Most of the tough, the toughest questions were coming from the left of the court. Mm. And I'm happy to see that because this is not just a novel and unfounded theory. It's a dangerous theory. Mm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, just one more on this. These are efforts many people have written including, you know, Matt Taibbi, who's not a he's not a man of the right. If anything, he's a man of the left. There are efforts to sabotage this election. And that can't be good for democracy. It just can't be. That's right. And it was interesting when Justice Jackson said, will you at least admit this is to the proponents of disqualification? Will you at least admit this is ambiguous? Yeah. And if it's ambiguous, why should I read it in an anti-democratic way? It was like getting hit with a two-by-four mm. in the middle of that oral argument. Terrific. Uh, Jonathan, the other one is on this um, classified documents report, special counsel her. I mean, the way I read it was we really can't blame Joe Biden because he doesn't have all his marbles. Now, you may have read it in a more sophisticated, analytical way, but that's the way I read it. Well, I got to tell you, this report is a serious disconnect. I, I, it, it's disconnected from the standard for charging. And I think that's why they emphasize that a jury would find him very sympathetic. But what makes him a sympathetic criminal defendant would make him a perfectly horrible president. Mm, They're saying that he has right. diminished faculties, can't remember basic facts, uh, but it then sheds more light on, on the charges against Trump. To what extent was that based on the fact that he would be less sympathetic? It's easier to convict him in Washington, D.C. or in Florida. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of questions in this report. It is very damning. But the disconnect with the standard is somewhat alarming. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I'm probably biased, Jonathan. I just think it's sab sabotage, two-tier justice system. Here we go again. Uh, this report does not help Joe Biden anyway. That's what I know. And you're yeah. right. There's some serious disconnects. I call it losing your marbles. But that's why you're a constitutional lawyer. And I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jonathan Turley, you're terrific to give us your time. I know it's been a very busy day. We'll talk soon. Folks, Thank you, Larry. we'll come right back with my last word. So three quick things. Number one, this document's hoax aimed at Donald Trump is a complete sabotage of Donald Trump. Two, if Joe Biden doesn't have all his marbles, he shouldn't run for president again. And three. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.